So one day I walk kind of quickly, kind of with a purpose into my local record shop. It was a cool local shop. Uh, and I walk in and the owner is there behind the counter and I explain to them, listen, I need all the copies of my new EP back. An EP is like a short album. So it's like, I need all my, all the copies of my album. Um, I had, uh, it was a CD. I had a new CD out. It was sitting there on the, on the, on the, on the rack on the shelf, uh, for sale. And I said, listen, I need all these back. Now I didn't explain why, but I just, you know, I said, you know, he looked at me a little bit puzzled, but I just, you know, collected them and, uh, I took them back. And then I did the same thing with every other music shop in the city that was carrying my CD. I collected off the shelves from everywhere it was my CD. And I took them all and I threw them in the trash. Then I went home, I found the master recordings uh, that the CD was taken from and I erased those master recordings. Why did I do that? Why would somebody do that? I did it because that music, having that music out there, having that music existing was keeping something alive in my life that had to go. It had to be dead. It was something that was being kept alive that had to be dead. Now, I used to believe that any art that you create was valuable. Art should be collected archived maybe not always published or released but but you know your art is it's golden it comes from you i um I, i've talked about my, my, my favorite band before my favorite band is a band called guided by voices and uh has a front man the guy really behind the band his name is robert pollard and he's known uh for for being um uh, a big preserver of everything he does he's released over a hundred albums collected snippets of songs, sessions, outtakes, and he'd package them and repackage them and ship them. You know, I, I learned from this guy's way of doing things. But the question is, is it all good? Are all the snippets and outtakes and everything you package and repackage and ship out, are those things all good? Or more importantly, should it all be released? This is Adam Lee Rosenfeld here with the podcast beauty truth where i talk about my journey of finding and creating beauty and truth it's brought to you by my music project hard and i and uh, i want to encourage you to go to harlandai.net h-a-r-a-d-o-n-a-i.net and get my new single for free exclusively for subscribers let the sword do double damage live from the base of mount zion so go there harlandai.net go check it out also be sure to if you like what you're hearing subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps. It's just a way that you can help with uh, with this thing that I'm doing. Any way you want to be a part of it, that is a way to be a part of it. Subscribe, leave a good review. Uh, if you're feeling it, it really helps. So I talked about literally, you know, erasing from existence my own music, my own art. Why would I do that? You have to see that in these songs, I shared intimate secrets of mine from past relationships, from past mistakes that I made. Now, you could say that someone could benefit by learning from past mistakes. You know, you could share your past mistakes. But this wasn't exactly a cautionary tale. 
This was me really keeping those mistakes alive by celebrating them in song. And every time I heard the recording, every time I played those songs, I was bringing these things, these bad things, back to life. And now, at this place in time, I was in a marriage. And a marriage is a sacred place. It's a place from which life comes. Life originates from that union of man and woman. Sacred. And I don't want anything in my marriage that can hurt my marriage. Anything that's going to mess with that life. Now, this wasn't initially evident to me. This took time. It took some deep counseling, some serious stuff for me to see this. But when I finally realized what I was doing, when, it, you know, when the shoe dropped, when the, the coin you know, fell into the machine, when I figured it out, when the bell rang, it was a no-brainer for me to purge our lives, my wife and I, to purge our lives of this stuff. We've got to realize not all of our art makes the cut. And uh, one thing that really helped me, it, uh, it, I think anybody could agree to this, but it's there in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 3.13, uh, loosely quoting, fire will test each man's work. You do your art, you do your thing, but then it hits the real world. It hits um, the forces that come from other people and other people's opinions and other walks of life, the physical forces when you get your forces when you get your music out there, and fire tests it. What does fire do? Fire does two things. It destroys what doesn't belong and it purifies what remains. Don't you want that for your art? Don't you want what doesn't belong to be gone? And don't you want what remains to be purified? Now I'm not the only person who trashed his art. For whatever reasons, all kinds of people, all kinds of artists have done so. Last episode, we talked at length about John Baldessari, and he famously burnt a collection of his own paintings, I mean, years of work, all his paintings from a span, uh, a certain span of time of his career, and he called it the Cremation Project. Okay. For whatever reason, his own reasons, he took uh, uh, years of paintings and burned them. And then he took the ashes and he baked them into cookies. And then the cookies were what was left. So um, he had his reasons. But let me tell you, to be free of something in your life that's bothering you, that, that, that you know needs to go, that's a liberating feeling. My late brother, the photographer Oren Slor, he also torched some of his work. I don't always know what the reasons were. But in my case, I was taking a stand. I was taking a stand for my marriage. I was taking a stand for my family. I was taking a stand for life. In the year 2005, I mean, that feels like yesterday to me, but it was a while ago. In the year 2005, I was in a unique position. I had a record label and music distribution, and I was the exclusive distributor of a catalog of music and inside that catalog of music were the two most critically acclaimed albums of the year. You know, number one and number two. The two, uh, you know, the critics said the two best albums of the year, and they alternated. One said this one's better, the other one said that one's better. You know, that one's one, number two. But on all the lists, unanimous almost, the top two albums, these were both in my exclusive catalog. If you understand about music distribution, that is a big deal. To have something that everybody wants in your catalog, that only you can distribute. That's a big deal. And I didn't have one thing in my catalog. I had two. 
I had two of the best albums that year, the most critically acclaimed albums that year, were in my catalog. And I was responsible for the territory of Israel, the country of Israel. I don't know what you think about it, I don't know what you know about it, but uh, that's where I live, and I was responsible for this territory, and I had these two albums. What were the two albums? Number one, Come On, Feel the, feel the Illinois, or in short, Illinois, by Sufjan Stevens. Anybody remember that album? Sufjan Stevens' Illinois album, all about the state of Illinois. An amazing album. In, my, in many ways, in my opinion, it, indie music has never been the same since that album came out. It launched him into a whole other level in his career. It, it, just, it just opened the door for, uh, for other artists that he worked with also. It really uh, opened the door for his label, Asthmatic Kitty. And uh, I was really excited about that. That was a turning point for me. When that album came out, my distribution went to the next level as well. And what was the other album? Anthony and the Johnsons, I Am a Bird Now. Now, maybe you're familiar with this album, maybe you're not. A lot of people wanted this album. It was a very uh, critically acclaimed album. And my job was to promote those albums, both albums. I had to get them into stores for the territory of Israel. Now, as I said before, I was excited about Sufjan's Illinois album. I was overjoyed to be carrying this album. But in the case of the other album, I'm a Bird Now by Anthony and the Johnsons. I did not promote the album at all, and I didn't even carry it for Israel. I didn't. Uh, I was supposed to be carrying it in my inventory, and I didn't do it. I didn't have the album. I shut the door on that album. Why did I do that? Why would I let one album in, you know, through the gates of my distribution, and shut the door to another album? Because I believe that that particular album was simply, you know, we can talk, I'm not going to talk about it here in the podcast. If you want to talk more about it, I'd be happy to do it in comments and messages and whatever. But that album was just a celebration of death. It was a violation of my values. It is a tragic uh, artistic work. And maybe say, oh, that's great. You know, it's a tragedy. It talks about things. And that, that's not the case here. I think it, 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 it's a celebration of death and it's a mockery of life. And if you want to talk with me more about it, I'd be happy to, but not here uh, in this episode. Now, the question is, do we have the luxury of having values? Do I have the luxury of saying, to, passing judgment on Anthony's work and saying, Anthony, you know, Anthony the Johnson's work, this is a celebration of death. This is against my values. Do I have the luxury to say so? I mean, it's someone's art. Who am I to judge? It's his art. Why should I judge his art? Well, at that time, I was a father of two children, and I was sensitive to the values that I was standing for, for myself, my marriage, my home, my community, and my business. It's not just music here. It's not just playing guitars. It's not just riding skateboards. It's not just hanging out. It's not just having hipster beers and tattoos and drinking craft beer. That's not what it's about. It's about the future of the human race. It's about our future as a people, where we're headed. It's about life. It's about what we're going to do in our relationship with God, with our relationship with the Creator. It goes beyond just art and indie music and cool things. We take a stand. Myself, my marriage, my home, my community, and my business. So I decided to judge. And so I made a judgment and I said, I am not going to carry this album. I am not going to carry Anthony the Johnson's I'm a Bird Now for my distribution. And guess what? It created problems for me with my business relationship with the U.S. label that released I am a Bird Now. The people who were trying to get the album to me were saying, what's going on? And they were saying, why aren't you carrying uh, Anthony the Johnsons? 
And I said, well, you know, here's, here's why. And, and, and uh, it really messed up my business. This threatened my opportunity to carry the other music that I love, like Sufjan Stevens. Also, the Danielson family was in my catalog, and I really, really wanted to promote them, if you know about them. And so what did I do? I did something that I regret. I went back on my decision, and I decided to carry that album. I decided to carry the Anthony and the Johnsons album, I Am, Bur- I Am a Bird Now. Although I didn't promote it, I didn't do any promotional work for it, I did carry it in my catalog. Because I did not want it to threaten the other aspects of my business. I didn't want uh, my whole uh, exclusivity to be taken away from me. My opportunity and ability to distribute Sufjan's music and Danielson's music and other labels' music. I didn't want that taken away from me. But today, I regret what I did. My distribution business wasn't a very successful business. And uh, most of it, uh, not long after that, maybe a, a good few months to a year after that, um, uh, all right, a little bit more than that. But after that, it pretty much shut down almost uh, almost entirely. I still do a little bit of music distribution today, but guess what? It's music that I can embrace with my values. I have no problem with my values uh, promoting that music, and I'm very happy to do so. But guys, not every decision I made is a good one. This is something that I regret. I wish I would have taken a stand against that celebration of death. I wish I would have realized where my distribution was headed and made the appropriate changes. You ever heard of a band named Silver Jews, led by an interesting character named David Berman? Maybe you know him, maybe you don't. He's back now making music, which is pretty cool. But quite a while ago, he was touring with his band, The Silver Jews, which is a big deal because they didn't tour for uh, most of the, their career. It was a kind of new thing. And I got to see him live. It was in uh, 2006. I got to see Silver Jew lives. And before David began a song, he made this explanation about why he doesn't believe what he's about to sing. In his song, he says, time breaks the world or time will break the world. And for some reason, he did, that didn't sit well with him. He wrote that lyric, he published that song, but when it came time to sing it, he said, well, I don't really believe anymore that time will break the world. I didn't understand what he was talking about. Time breaks the world, time doesn't break the world. My head wasn't in that place. I just wanted to have a, you know, fun and, and hear a good concert. But I could see a conflicted man up there on stage. He was conflicted. He was about to sing a song that he didn't believe in. And that's not what I want for me. I don't want to do art that I don't believe in. I don't want to embrace art and promote art that I can't love and truly embrace for, for my family and for my community. Okay? I remember the band Pedro the Lion. Maybe you know Pedro the Lion. By the way, they have a great new album out uh, right now. But back in the day, maybe, uh, maybe you know Pedro the Lion. They went from saying... They, they started um, singing things that were oddly troubling in their lyrics. They're coming from a from uh, a background of kind of family-friendly, uh, uh, faith-based music, uh, Dave, uh, David Bazan, he started singing some really explicit offensive stuff in his songs. And I saw him, I saw them play at Cornerstone Festival in 2002. Cornerstone is a faith-based uh, music festival. It's not around anymore. And I saw Pet to the Line on stage. Here they are, they're rocking out. It's awesome. But here he's about to sing one of his new quote-unquote controversial songs one of his new songs with problematic lyrics putting that mildly and he said listen guys i'm going to sing the song a little bit differently 
And he had to censor his own lyrics as he was singing them. He was, he was just leaving out words, leaving out parts of his song as he was singing. And I was thinking, I don't want to do that. I'm an artist. I don't want to be up on stage censoring my own art. You know, either I'm going to embrace it or I'm not going to embrace it. Either, it, you know, it, the fire is going to come and it's going to be burnt away or it's going to be purified. Okay. Today, there's a cultural phenomenon. I don't want to go too much into this because honestly, I know very little about it. But there's a cultural phenomenon called a television show called Game of Thrones. And look, I'm happy about something. I'm happy to be numbered with the people who have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. I'm happy to be one of those people. Guys, I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. And if you watch Game of Thrones, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You might be a wonderful person. That's great. But you, but I have something that you don't. I have the opportunity of saying I never saw an episode of Game of Thrones. And that means something to me. Game of Thrones is, is, an ep- is, is, is a show that apparently promotes content that's in violation to values that I hold dear. And so um, that is why I don't watch Game of Thrones. And if you watch it, okay, you're not, you don't have what I have. You don't have what I have. But maybe next time around, when the next Game of Thrones comes around, when HBO puts out the next series or whatever it is, you could have what I have too by taking a stand. So what are you going to st- what are you going to take a stand for? I want to leave you, or bring us to more of a conclusion, by quoting once again from the Bible. JC laid it down from us, laid it down for us in Matthew five in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, "If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you." that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Okay, if you're John Baldessari and your years of art is messing with your artistic career, it's making it difficult for you to get ahead, it's pulling you down, then get rid of those paintings. My brother burnt some of his own paintings. I had to take my CDs off a shelf. Guys, girls, take a stand. What you say no to can be just as important as what you say yes to. What you destroy can be just as important as what you create. You're listening to Adam Rosenfeld here, Adam Lee Rosenfeld with the podcast, Beauty Truth. It's my podcast about sharing my process, my lifelong process of finding and creating beauty and truth brought to you by my music project, Harold and I. Go check it out. Go get my new live single, Let the Sword Do Double Damage, for, uh, from the, live from the base of Mount Zion. Get that free exclusively for subscribers at harldonai.net h-a-r-a-d-o-n-a-i.net if you like what you hear please subscribe on itunes look for beauty truth on itunes and leave a review it all helps you get to be a part of what i am doing what we are doing to tell the truth to show beauty to tell people hey you don't just have to settle for one and not the other you don't have to just settle for beauty and not truth or truth and not beauty you can have both in this life and in this world I also want to mention that if you want to go farther than that and really support me, really support this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Harold and I, and you can be a supporter and uh, you get uh, a mention here at the podcast. You get to be a part of what we're, uh, what we're doing here and you can get other things. Go check it out. I want you to know that your support helps this podcast become a better podcast to get more episodes out, to get a higher quality of podcast, even to bring some uh, interviewees on the show. And it also helps uh, my music project 
progress. Uh, we're trying to uh, get an album done. And I want to be clear that my music is no different. My, the message of my music is not different than the message of this podcast. It's just in musical form. I'm talking about beauty and truth. I really believe it to be even a step up of what I have to uh, offer you. So, you know, I encourage you to get into that music. I hope you dig it. I just also want to mention some of my supporters. Nathan Fain, thank you uh, for, uh, for supporting this podcast. Kanbani Romano, thank you, Kanbani. I encourage you to check out his art and his poetry and his photography. Uh, you can look up Kanbani Romano online. And I'm going to leave you with a song that uh, we played a lot back in the day when uh, my project Hard and I was called The Pit They Keep a Tower. We played this song live quite a bit. It was really a part of who we were. And the song is called Airport Ministry Thief. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome day. Slash